Hey guys, I'm really happy to partner with Well Woman Vegan from Vitabiotics as sponsors of By Back. For anyone like me leading or trying out a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle with a busy schedule, Well Woman is there to support you all along the way. It provides 24 nutrients, including higher levels of iron and vitamin B12. You can find them across the UK and Ireland nationwide. Hey there, I'm Roz Purcell, best-selling cookery author, ex-model, entrepreneur and host of Bite Back. How would you define your relationship with your body? Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible women who get frank about their relationship and ever-changing journeys towards self-love and acceptance. As the body positivity movement takes full flight, I want to be part of the conversation that puts pleasure back on your plate. Together, we'll discuss why numbers on a scale doesn't and shouldn't define us and how amazing our bodies really are. Today's guest is author of Fat Chance and presenter at 2FM radio station. It is Louise McSherry. She is someone that is passionate about dismantling diet culture as she experienced firsthand fat phobia. Promoting the idea that health looks different on everyone. Louise, hello. Hello. Yeah. So, okay, full disclosure, guys. We actually recorded this episode before, about <laughs> a year ago. And, you know, someday I'll do a podcast on finishing things out. Um, <laughs> but uh, now we're back again and we're hopefully going to try relive that because I remember listening back to that and um, it was a little bit rough and ready. We didn't have a fancy studio like we have today. And it was one of the best 25 minutes, I think, of anyone giving someone advice when it comes to body image mm. um, so hopefully let's try do that again fingers <laughs> crossed on. touch wood um, so I want to start back at the start so anyone who's read Louise's book Fat Chance you'll know about her life story but for those of you who haven't it's a whirlwind yeah a lot of stuff has happened in my life that's for sure I'm kind of hoping it's all over now and I can just be like air quotes normal um, for the next little while. What was your relationship with with your body? So um, I don't remember ever having a particularly good relationship with my body um, until like recently. I remember when I was I think five or six, definitely not any older than six, there being a conversation at my doctor about my weight and coming away from it knowing that I wasn't supposed to eat sweets anymore. And being kind of on my front doorstep of my house um, with my friends who were eating sweets and knowing, no, I can't eat sweets because there's I'm too big. Mm -hmm. So since then, it's always been there in my head that my body was a problem. That's that such I was a young age big. to yeah. have. I, I always find it so sad when someone says that it was when they were five or six because like those young teenage years is when, you know, you have so much candy and sweets mm. and you, you do without thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing for me is that I think I I developed a really unhealthy relationship with food as a result of that, mm. where certainly that contributed to a very, a very problematic relationship with food. Once I could control food myself or I had a little bit of babysitting money or whatever, I went bonkers. You know, I... I definitely binged right through my teens and into my 20s, I think. And it's really only in the last, I don't know, maybe in the last kind of five years that I feel like that stopped. And I can't really put, well, I, I could probably identify a few things yeah. that I think have contributed <laughs> to that. But but there's no big, like, I didn't make a decision. Oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I just, that desire kind of stopped. For me, it's it's like when I think about how I used to approach food, it really was, it was always about quantity rather than quality. Yeah. It was about getting as much into my body as I could. I mean, eating an entire tray of Ferrero Rocher, buying a bag of six donuts and 
eating them all, eating to a point where I felt uncomfortable and sick and never considering that I didn't have to do it. And whereas Mm. now that desire just isn't in me anymore. And And it wasn't because I made a conscious decision. I think it's just because I generally... I'm happier in myself okay. and I'm in a better place because I have a I have a friend who would have shared some of these issues with me and I, and I I keep saying to her like I wish I could explain why that particular thing stopped mm. why that kind of emptiness that I, I guess I, in some way I was trying to fill up with food has gone but I do think it's a lot of it is just about being a happier person and kind of in a better mental place. So one of the reasons I wanted Louise to come on Louise made a huge difference to me uh, probably you probably didn't really know I was going through any I didn't at all. disordered eating. No. We used to share an office and I remember we were just having a general discussion and I was asking you about, you know, recovering from cancer. And one thing you said to me, you realised your body wasn't just for show. Yeah. It actually had a job and that your body does so many different things every single minute that we take for granted. And you always only ever looked at your body as something that was aesthetic. I just had never thought of my body in that way before. Yeah. And it was probably the first time I realised that holy shit, like I've been punishing my body for so long. Like, what if I get sick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a a major change for me because the thing was, along with the kind of damaging relationship that I had with food or damaged relationship that I had with food, I really hated my body. I mean, I blamed, I was always a big person. I look back on photographs now and I, like when I was a kid and I'm like, I actually am a normal size, but at the time I felt enormous. And then at times I was very physically large. Um, at other times I was smaller. I started going to Weight Watchers when I was 16 and that started off like really intense yo-yo dieting, really damaging yo-yo dieting that I kind of engaged in for years I blamed everything on my weight for years Mm. everything like you know I can't go for that job because a fat person won't get that job or I'm too fat to I don't know go swimming I'm too fat to it was it was the, the thing I blamed everything on and the thing that I used as an excuse to not do things for so long um I had a really really toxic relationship with myself and it was all about my parents like it had nothing to do with my physicality really or what I was capable of it was all about what I looked like and when I got sick I was sick for almost a full year before I was diagnosed and I was losing a lot of weight What age were you diagnosed again uh, I was 30 31, I think, when I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So in the run-up to being diagnosed, I was sick, but I wasn't taking it that seriously. I Like, I thought I had an infection. I was going to the doctor, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I was going, I was seeing consultants. You know, I had several doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with me, but I didn't think it was anything that serious. And after a while, I thought, do you know what? This is just, because one of my symptoms is that I was really, really tired. I had no energy. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is just because I'm fat. If I just lose weight... I won't feel like this anymore. So I went to a personal trainer and I stopped eating carbs completely. And then it happened to coincide with me totally losing my appetite as a result of my cancer. But I just didn't know that at the time. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stopped eating almost completely because I didn't want to. I mean, I had no desire to eat. And in a way, that was like blissful because I had spent my whole life obsessing over food that to, to be free from that, you know, even though I now know it's because I was essentially mm-hmm. dying of cancer and um, it felt amazing and I felt like really kind of saintly and superior and like I was finally this girl I dreamed of being who could like take or leave food and you know was just naturally not into it but then I was diagnosed with cancer and it turned out that all of this was because I was really, (laughs) really sick. I had stage three Mm -hmm. Hodgkin's lymphoma um, and I had to start chemotherapy. And when I started chemotherapy, I started gaining weight again because my body was getting healthier Mm -hmm. and healthier for me was heavier than I was at the time. Now, 
I was at the time maybe a size 16, 18. I wasn't thin. It was thin for me. But my body naturally is not really that size. Mm -hmm. So as I got healthier, my appetite returned. I wasn't eating like a maniac, but I started obsessing over how I was eating. And then I was like, oh, I've lost all this weight and now I'm going to gain it all back. And I'm just going to be like this big fat pig again. And I was just, I just got into such a toxic kind of frame of mind about it all that I, I would spend all day sitting at home just wishing I didn't have my appetite staring at food, trying not to eat to an extent that my now husband and boyfriend at the time, fiance at the time, came home from work one day and I said, I can't, I'm losing it. I was like, I am losing it. I can't stop thinking about food. I can't stop thinking about gaining weight. I can't stop thinking about eating. And he kind of looked at me like I was nuts because I was being nuts. But I had to kind of just say, okay, I have to stop. I have to stop this. I'm sick. I'm going through chemo. And all I'm thinking about is this weight gain. Yeah. And like, I knew rationally that that was not a healthy way of thinking. (laughs) So I kind of made a decision that I wasn't going to think about weight until after I finished chemo. And I was just going to eat as I wanted, you know, within reason. And I was going to just enjoy getting better. And I was going to be try and be really kind to myself during my treatment. And thank God I did, because then I naturally came to this conclusion mm-hmm. or this realization that I, I was punishing my body when in truth, my body had been incredible. Like I was still going to work every day. I had stage three cancer. I was still going to work every day. I was still socializing. I was going home early, but like I was still living a relatively normal life despite the fact that my body was shutting down and yet it kept me going. So I suddenly had this appreciation for it. And the fact that I was going through chemo and when I was going in for my treatments, I was meeting people who were so much sicker than me. And I was having this really straightforward experience. My body was playing a blinder. And I just kind of felt like all of a sudden I was like, I can't look at my body as the enemy anymore when it's doing all of this stuff for me all the time. Like, I, I can't. My body is not for show. Mm. Like this is my body is not a clothes horse. I like why am I obsessing over what it looks like when I put clothes on it when it's doing so much more than that? So then by the time I finished my chemo, I was in a completely different headspace mm. with it. And it was a total game changer for me. It really, really was. And like I'm obviously not grateful that I had cancer, but I'm grateful that that came out of it. And I know anyone who's listening now, you might like I every time you tell that story, and I know when you first said it to me, I got goosebumps because it reignites this thing of oh my God, this is the only me that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Mm. Like I was born exactly in this body. It's the same one I'm going to die in. I need to treat it well. And like we constantly spend so much time resenting ourselves. I can relate so much when you say you did, you wanted to be that girl that could just turn away food. But like food is my passion, yeah. you know? And I just wanted to be that girl who just could leave or take food like whatever and to spend all day not eating and being able to run off that Mm. we're so lucky first of all to be alive yeah just appreciate everything you have yeah but I I know I know I know exactly what you mean like I I used to spend all day every day looking at people's bodies and just assuming that like oh well they're thin they're obviously naturally thin that's so unfair why am I'm naturally fat they're naturally thin like blah 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 and the reality is everybody almost everyone has a very complex relationship with their body and people who are very thin are almost never naturally that thin Mm -hmm. Um, and often there's they have their own stuff going on. So, you know, making those assumptions about other people's bodies, which I used to do all the time, is problematic as well because it's a lot of the time it's just a lie, you know, that you're telling yourself. But, I mean, it's hard. Like, I mean, there's no denying that it's hard because we do live in a world that places value on thinness and that's undeniable. And so for me to kind of say, oh, I had this, 
I had this epiphany and like then everything was better. I always think it's very important for me to say it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. It was a major thing for me, but I work all the time at staying in a kind of positive place and I don't always succeed. I definitely have times where I go through a rough patch and I and I start to think really negatively about my body, but I've learned techniques or ways of living or ways of kind of building a world around me that supports me in being positive and trying to focus on what my body does for me you know but also to value other things that are just so much more important mm-hmm. than being thin or not being thin um, and focusing on those things instead but it is an ongoing process and you know I, I spoke about this in a, in one of the first episodes in this podcast that a huge thing for me was when my sister got diagnosed with cancer yeah. because someone so close to me like we were basically like twins, you know. Yeah. And I remember when she got diagnosed, she got diagnosed like within 24 hours of her going getting her blood tests. And I just realised what was important in life and what wasn't important. Mm. And I know not everyone, and look, you don't want to have, you don't want to be in a situation where someone has to get ill for you to realise your yeah. priorities. But like, this is the podcast to tell you that there is priorities and your body, body's aesthetics is not one of them. Um, and since then, you've had a baby. Yeah. You're currently pregnant. You're due very soon. Yeah. You're second. <laughs> yeah. And like these are constantly things that are happening, showcasing how amazing your body is yeah. because you didn't even think you could have children. No, I mean, the tests said that I wouldn't be able to. And I've had two, not just two pregnancies, two really healthy pregnancies. Um, you know, and I feel so lucky. There's no often no rhyme or reason as to why some people have a difficult pregnancy and some people don't. I've been so lucky. But they're great reminders for me to kind of be grateful and show gratitude to my body and kind of whenever you know someone or something in the world puts me back on kind of maybe Mm -hmm. a toxic path I have to remind myself no hang on look at like your body is doing amazing things all the time and you can't let that kind of throw you off course. It's about learning techniques and strategies to kind of try and counteract that negative thought, I think, um, which has been really helpful to me. But it's a conscious effort for sure. And like there is such a huge pressure for women who are pregnant to bounce back. Oh, yeah. You know, there's all, all these things online like, oh, you should only be gaining this much amount of weight when you're pregnant. I'm sure everyone's different. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're quite lucky in Ireland because there isn't as in America they seem to be obsessed with weight in pregnancy. Mm. Like doctors, you're weighed every single appointment. Yeah. And from what I've heard, it can be really traumatizing for some women to be weighed at every appointment and to have their doctor discuss their weight with them at every appointment. Um, you know, I would personally find that very difficult. I don't weigh myself ever. Mm, yeah. I don't care. Like mm. a number on a scale means nothing to me. And I think we know even the research shows that it's not a good way of measuring health. And like definitely it can be problematic in terms of health within the pregnancy and the baby and stuff like that. So I understand that it is something that needs to be kind of kept an eye on to a certain extent. But I think a lot of women, yeah, just give themselves a lot of hassle and spend their whole pregnancy looking at the number on the scale and then thinking about what they're going to have to do to lose it or to get it back at the end. It just, it makes me really sad that women put so much pressure on themselves when they're in the middle of this magical time and Mm. this time when their body is doing so many incredible things, even things like stretch marks, you know, like I see lots of discussion about stretch marks and best products to prevent them. But like, I've had stretch marks my, basically my whole life. Yeah. (laughs) I'm never not going to have them. So like, if I get a few from a pregnancy, like it's, what's, what's a few more? Um, So for me, it's, it's not a problem. But yeah, I just think it, it does make me sad that women feel so much pressure within pregnancy. It's just a mark of 
what an amazing thing you have done. Yeah, it's a mark of experience, yeah. no matter what the experience is. But I know what you mean about the pictures. Like even this morning, I I follow a lot of plus size fashion accounts mm-hmm. or plus size people on on Instagram, and there was a photograph this morning of like a plus size lingerie company had mm-hmm. put up, and this woman was beautiful, but like she did not have a single bump or line on her body, and I was just you know I was like. That's not possible. Yeah. I do not believe that. And, you know, it's great because I'm in a place where I know that. So I exactly, look at it yeah. and I'm like, oh, guys, like, I think you went a bit mm-hmm. too crazy in the old airbrush on that one. But like, I also was kind of annoyed because, you know, if you're if you're targeting women whose bodies are already marginalized um, and who probably are already fighting negative thoughts and then you're giving them these fake images, it's just it's so annoying. That's not realistic. Like one percent of people maybe don't have mm-hmm. any cellulite or marks on their body and they are the mutants. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I know. And, you know, us looking at social media, I can look at a post and go, look, okay, that's not really real life. I know mm. that's like a snippet of someone's day. I know what goes on behind closed doors. Like I can look at someone who has the perfect life online and doesn't necessarily actually live it. You know, there's so many people putting up photoshopped images now. Yeah. You just It's really, really difficult to get the idea of, you know, what what's is real? real and what's not. Mm. I still have trouble with social media I definitely can sometimes come off it and feel really really negative what advice would you give to any people out there who you know can find social media as a bit of a negative space um, I just think the most important thing with social media is to remember that you are in control of it so you don't have to follow anyone who makes you feel bad and sometimes when I say this to people they have this like oh my god moment and it seems so obvious but lots of us just fall into the trap of kind of oh they've loads of followers so I should follow them but you know really why would you choose to follow someone who makes you feel bad when you look at them? I think sometimes people think, oh, they'll inspire me or like they'll kind of drive me on to mm-hmm. be better or whatever. But like, don't invite that negativity into your life. Don't don't invite things into your life that will make you feel bad about yourself. Like instead, seek out people who make you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, a really important thing is to follow people who look like me. Not, well, you know, who have bodies like yeah. mine. Because if I just follow a load of like size eight women wearing clothes that don't exist in my size, I'm only ever going to feel rubbish about myself. Mm-hmm. But if I follow beautiful, stylish, like people who are aspirational to me, women who have bodies like mine, then, you know, I get actual fashion tips and, you know, and also it makes me go, oh, they're wearing that. Maybe I could wear that. Or, oh, they look fantastic. So if they look fantastic, then I could look fantastic Mm -hmm. too because we have similar bodies rather than just being like, oh, they look fantastic, but I could never look like that. So for me, I fill my social media with people who make me feel good or people who inspire me in a healthy way. Like I have a blanket ban on any kind of diet talk. Mm -hmm. I don't consider what you do diet talk. I think you talk oh, about I'm healthy eating. Oh, I'm very much anti-diets because yeah. the diet culture for me created this whole binging and purging yeah. situation. Anyone who's talking about weight loss, anyone who's taking photographs of their dinner and their dinner looks like a snack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh. anyone who's talking about restrictive diets, any of that stuff, like I just, I immediately either unfollow or mute sometimes they're people I really like like there's one or two people who I really like and I'd love to continue to watch their Mm. stories or whatever but I just can't do it because I know it's bad for me that's why the mute button is there exactly and you don't even have to offend them by unfollowing them you can just mute their story or mute their posts and I I think there's a whole assumption that you know you can't be healthy and in love with your body Mm. and I know look I don't want everyone to be in love with their body but have a positive self image have an, an appreciation appreciation for your body and I think that's the case. When you actually appreciate your body, you do generally just want to 
nourish it. Well, that's it. It's very hard to treat your body well when you hate it. Mm -hmm. So I think some people have an idea that if you make someone feel bad about their body, particularly fat people, and I use the word fat, by the way, I I love to use the word fat about myself, and I use it, um, it's very empowering for me to use it. It's a word that I used to be really afraid of, and I'm not anymore, so it's really important for me to use it, but I know it makes some people uncomfortable, so I always try and clarify that. For me, it's a descriptor. In the same way that I say that someone was tall, I I would say that I'm fat, and I am, and, and I don't ever need anyone to disagree with me on that. And actually, that's something that's worth pointing out, because sometimes what happens is if you call your yourself fat people around you will go oh no god no you're not that like it's something to but yeah what the message that that sends is that's a terrible thing and if you know you're fat and the people around you are like oh my god no don't call yourself that it's like hang on a second well now I know how you really feel Mm. about fat people but anyway it's very hard to treat a body well that you hate and and some people think that if you make fat people feel bad about their bodies then they will lose weight but that does not work it doesn't work like it's statistically through research it's proven that actually if you continue to fat shame people they are more likely to gain weight that's actually what happens so this idea that we can shame people into losing weight is just completely wrong and in fact the best thing that we can do is try and encourage people to have healthy relationships with their body have healthy relationships with food have healthy relationships with the exercise that don't have anything to do with weight or weight loss mm-hmm. or weight gain that are just about treating your body well and nourishing it as you said and that's how people get into healthier states and that's how people can feel positive about their bodies because you can't nourish something you hate. I My general life policy is don't comment on people's bodies ever mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I think some people don't understand that. People think, oh, you know, if someone's lost weight, I'm going to compliment them. But I can tell you, as someone who has lost and gained a lot of weight over time, every time I've gained weight after losing weight, and I have always gained it back, all of those compliments go round and round in my head and I think oh well now they think I'm a failure and now they think I'm bad and they because they thought I was good for losing weight now I'm gaining weight they think I'm bad so even the positive in quotes comments can be negative in the end so it's just so much better to just not comment at Mm -hmm. all I was talking about this recently because comments that people have made about my body shape have stuck with me for life yeah. whether they were good or bad because when they were good I thought that that was the better Roz that was a Roz that was going to be successful that was the Roz at her lowest weight because everyone was like you look so good what have you been doing mm. and even when I put on the weight people would go you look much better with weight on you and I I was like I had this idea that weight was a bad thing you know yeah. so just don't comment well like I, I I talk about this all the time but there are people who there is someone in my life who watched a documentary I made about me having cancer. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, God, you looked really good at the start. Like you were so thin at the start of the documentary when I was dying of cancer. <laughs> like, and I don't blame her for that yeah, comment. It's just, it's because it's, it's the society. culture. Yeah. yeah. But we are so, uh, we automatically, our brains are so connected to weight loss good, weight gain bad that we're twisted about mm-hmm. it. So it's just and better to And we forget that actually the most important thing is just being healthy. Yeah, and like happy, you know, because that's the other thing is that sometimes you gain weight because you're having a really great time. Maybe you're in a new relationship. New relationships. You're you're going out for dinner all the time. Or you just got to college and you're like, you know, living living your best life. Yeah, like that's okay. You know, our weight will fluctuate in Mm. our lives. And then there'll be other times where, you know, you're going through a very active period and you just happen to lose weight. Mm. I mean, it's it's all natural and and it's okay to, to have a good time sometimes and, you know, drink a bottle of red wine well I won't I won't mention specifics (laughs) but like you know to get get a little loose and Mm -hmm. you know that's okay and we have to forgive ourselves for that because it's fun and like what's the point in living if you can't have fun 
And if you guys want to hear more from Louise, you can catch her over on Instagram. She actually does a lot of, you do lots of stories about this. A few and far between actually, you know, use their platform to make others feel good and, you know, share some insights into their journey. And Louise's page is great for that. Also fantastic for makeup tips. <laughs> um, so you, you guys can check her out over there as well. Thanks so much for joining me Thanks, today, Louise. Ross. Thank you so much for tuning in to Buy Back. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you. Let us know by rating, sharing and subscribing to Buy Back. And don't forget to join us next week where we sink our teeth into some more inspiring conversations.